There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to Nerdist Podcast number 563 at Midnight returns on the 26th of August. I don't know why my voice is so dramatic. Feels like we've been gone for a long time. It's only been a couple of weeks, but we'll be back. And then we'll be back on for a really long time because we got picked up. So we'll be on through at least through the end of 2015. So watch the show, I guess. I don't even know if I'm really promoting anything. I'm just saying we'll be back next week. Uh, which is Chris D'Elia, who was on at Midnight not that long ago. And uh, he did a fantastic job, you guys. Uh, he's going to be on the Oddball Festival, which I'm also on. And we're going to be doing a handful of the dates together. And his own tour, Under No Influence, which starts in September. Go to chrisdelia.com, D-E-L-I-A, for all the tour dates. And here's the Nerds Podcast number 563 with the aforementioned Chris D'Elia. Now entering Nerdist.com. That was it. Okay. How do you feel? Do you I'm, feel like I'm it started? Good. Yeah. No, I feel like it's starting already. I got to catch up. Okay. Is there another way that you would prefer to start? No, the... I would like to start like that. Okay. Because then it feels more natural. Okay, good. If you're like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. And there's like, dun, 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 dun. you've seen him at clubs yeah. and colleges. <laughs> Where do you think the clubs and colleges thing started? Uh, the cl- before TV. I, well, just for most people who don't know, that's sort of like, when a comic, when an MC doesn't know yeah. much about the performer he's about to introduce at a show, it's you've seen him at clubs and colleges. They because they can bank on at least they have that as a credit. Right. You've been, clearly you've been in clubs because you're in a club. Right. And yeah, this isn't your first time doing stand up. It's good chance it's not your first time doing stand up. Right. And if you've had any length of a, you probably have. Well, and also there's a good chance you just went to yeah, college. Yeah, they don't say you've seen him perform at clubs and colleges. Mm-hmm. They just say you've seen him at clubs and you've colleges. You've seen him hanging around clubs and colleges. That's pretty much 90% of people, really. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone from the audience could be introduced as... Yeah, clubs you've, and, seen, you've seen him at clubs. Well, you've definitely seen anybody in the audience, you've seen them at clubs because they're out. They're there when they're out, yeah. yeah. And then, but college is a little, but it's a good, there's a good chance. Even if you didn't go to college, you've been to a college. You might have been to, or just driven at least near a junior college. Right, counts. Yeah, and if someone was staring at the junior college and you drove by, it's like, well, that technically so counts being at a college. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, works on a, it works on a lot of levels. I think actually just the one level. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one level, that's what matters. 
the one level. As long as there's a level, yeah. then it, it totally works. Uh, but welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Officially. Um, where where are you? I, actually, I don't know that much about you, Chris. I, I just know that... Uh, how long have you been in Los Angeles? I've been in Los Angeles for, oh man, 22 years. I moved when I was 12. Okay. So, and with my family, my, my dad and my mom, not my kids. I didn't have kids at you 12. You didn't have kids at 12? No. That you know about. I mean, <laughs> right, right, right. Come on, it's Los Angeles, man. I know, I know, dude. It can happen. Um, no, I moved with my mom, my dad, my brother, and uh, when I was twelve, and then I am from. I feel like I'm from L.A. though. Yeah, you know. I mean, occasionally people will be like, "You have an accent. Where are you from?" And I'll say New Jersey, but I feel like I grew up out here. Yeah, yeah. I've been here for well over twenty years, and I've realized that I've that this is a this is the most I've lived anywhere. So I'm pretty oh, yeah. much just from I, here. I know. Well, yeah, because I used to be like, well, I lived half my life on the East Coast and half my life on the West Coast, but that was when I was 24. Yeah. Yeah, and then and the longer 34. you're here, then the more... <laughs> yeah, not, not half and half. So it's, it's, you can't really say no. that anymore. And I don't want to be like, yeah, two-thirds of my life I live on the West Coast, and then one-third of you sound like a math geek. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, technically, uh, 66.6%. Right. Uh, I mean, like you could actually calculate. <laughs> right. And each day it would change Change a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, very long numbers, dot... Six seven five 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 two five, and then percent. people would be like, "Oh, you got to go ask him today because yeah. it's going to be a different number." I would hate keeping up with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd also be wrong a lot. You know what? It doesn't matter as long as you commit to it. It's worth the story. That's true. Yeah. Um. We so you went to high school out here then? Yeah, I did. Where'd yeah. you go? La Cunada High School. Oh, La Cunada. La Cunada is a very fancy part of Los yeah. Angeles. Near, uh, I used to spend a lot of time in La Crescenta. Right, the less fancy version. The less fancy version of right. the foothills. Right, and um, it, uh, yeah, La Cunada is super snaz. I, I, uh, I went to, I went to Loyola for, oh. for a year. Oh, you did? Yeah, because my family moved out here when I was in high school. Whoa, all right, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I've been here and then I just stayed. My buddies went to Loyola. Yeah, we had that was an all boys school, right? It still is. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Still is. All boys school. They uh which I didn't mind actually cuz I was awkward around girls. Anyway. Oh yeah. Well, they there was them and then the Sacred Heart was the girls. Immaculate school. Heart. Right? Is oh. there a Sacred Heart? There too? was a Sacred Heart. Yeah, I don't know what There's going an Immaculate on now, Heart but... and then there's a Notre Dame which was right. all girls but then I think went co-ed. Oh, okay. uh, but Loyola is still oh. still still just dudes. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, I really like I really like La Cañada. I mean, it's it's one of those places that you know, when you go there, you're like, that's really nice here. It's very far from everything else that you yeah. would have to do on a day-to-day basis. But, yeah. you know, because it's just, it's a, you just get on the two and just start driving. Yeah, it's very nice. It's like, uh, the only problem with it was that it was like clicky, which is a good thing. You know, who, who, who cares? It's yeah. like, that. There's no, there was no real crime or, or, or anything like that. It was just a good place for a kid to grow up. You know, this is, this is going to alienate 98% of our audience, but you know what's we really... We kind of already t- have. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> um, what, what's really, what really turned the corner is uh, Montrose got real nice. <laughs> that really did act... You did make it less of a percentage that... Well, Montrose used to be kind of, kind of, you know, just a little, a little dumpy. And- Let me bring it back though, so people will now relate to it a little bit. Montrose is used a lot in movies, and it there was a scene in that movie Old School where mm-hmm. Will Ferrell, he was in that. No, yeah, he was in that where he was running down naked the street. Frank the Tank. That was shot in Montrose. Oh, okay. So that should give everyone some that. Context. Now people have a reference. Well, it used to just be a bunch of weird. 
what looked like elderly person clothing stores. Absolutely. And and they've slowly been kind of edged out in favor of like nice restaurants right. and there's like a really yeah. cool bowling center there that uh-huh. is only available for like private parties. And yeah. Like it's really it's kinda it kinda came it's kinda turned into a But cool they area. absolutely still have those stores. Yes. And it's so weird to me. Who like why I mean, I guess there are just enough people there that would buy those clothes. It's a, Montrose is sort of like a version of Hill Valley and Back to the Future, where there's not like yeah, a town is. square, but there's a town street. Right. And so if you lived in any of that surrounding area, it would be very charming and quaint. You could just walk down and yeah. buy your uh, multicolored scarf. Right. And, uh, and then walk back to your home. It's, it was a very, seems like a very safe neighborhood. It's near the hills yeah. of Glendale in between Glendale and La yeah. Cunada. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice area. There was a place called Faze there, which was F-A-Y-E-S. And it would sell multicolored scarves and like the one piece long dresses. Mm-hmm. And I would never, I, 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 I grew up around there. I never saw anybody in that store. <laughs> but it wasn't Except a... for Faye. Yeah, yeah. Even she was like, I'm not going Why there. would I go in there? But yeah, but uh, uh, it was like a drug front, but there, you knew it wasn't a drug front because it was a Montrose. Oh my God, do you think Faye was the top of some weird coke That'd be pyramid? very cool. That would be amazing. That'd be great. And they found out, they just like, they started dusting the scarves and finding like all right. these traces of <laughs> illegal substances. Forensics came and oh. found all this... That would be Coke. amazing. Faye's badass. Where did you start doing comedy then? In L.A. Yeah, yeah I started doing it um, in North Hollywood in the HaHa ha Cafe. Kind of the... Uh, the yeah. Oh, I remember when the HaHa ha opened where it, they really... Uh, that, was when that, was, that was during the NoHo Arts District boom. Yeah. They were like, oh, this is a complete shit area. Let's put some nice restaurants yeah. and try to get some people not murdered. Right. And so they, they kind of like spruced it up a bit. Yeah. Now it's actually kind of a decent area of the valley. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's they got like nice apartment buildings and lofts and like so many dance studios. I think that's what makes it the arts. You, you just keep seeing people like dressed in like like you see girls walking by in like really baggy sweats and like Kobe Bryant jerseys, and you're like the only <laughs> person who would do that is either Kobe Bryant or a dancer. Next to the tap t- and haha's the tap tap, and then uh, <laughs> and phase phase and phase phase. It's two words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it. Uh, I never. I don't think I ever actually performed at the haha before. Really? What was the I always. What was the vibe of it? Well, it's opening a new place now, like a, a block away, uh, and I think they're going to have both. And apparently, that's supposed to be like a great new club coming up. But um, the old one, which is still the one that they use, is uh, it's it's really. I mean, look, I started doing stand up there, and I would do open mic every single night, and I loved it personally. It's definitely got like a charm to it where you're like oh i could you know who knows what could happen here which is it sounds like you're excusing a drunk friend well yeah i mean if you really yeah i know he can be abrasive but honestly he's loyal yeah to be totally honest that is what i'm doing but (laughs) that's what the comedy story is too man and that's my favorite place to perform so it's like i think if you're in a comedy club and you think hey Somebody could definitely walk in here and set this place on fire while I'm watching comedy, literally. Yeah. Then it's a better show. Well, and it, I just it, personally think it's a better show. That it, way. It, it also, you know, I, I started doing comedy in very safe environments in terms mm-hmm. of like, you know, the alternative rooms, which were very safe because, yeah, it's, sure. I mean, you're performing for the same people. And, and by the way, as much as I loved it, as much as I love the other comics and being in that particular community of comics, I, I don't think it's the 
best way to learn comedy because you're essentially performing for your friends and sure. comedy store and places like the haha are much <laughs> that's much more trial by fire yeah uh and so but i definitely think it creates a different style of comedy yeah well yeah it is i mean i've played both types of rooms obviously as you have and you know all comics have but it's uh it's there's something about the comedy store and and the haha where it's like you just feel like if this set goes bad I could get beat up. <laughs> you don't, you know what I mean? That's you. You you definitely feel that. You go up at one thirty in yeah. the morning. Yeah, the, the show's still going on. Then are they still doing the? Um, was it like was it Monday or Sunday nights? Like like forty comic comedy store. Yeah, they do it yeah. only on Mondays now. Which they, was they, like, it was Sundays and Mondays. It was like forty comics, three minutes as person. Yep. yep. And, and then, then and then as the night got later, they got it got to ten minutes, like for friends and. And family, and then um, and then regulars would come in and and sometimes just work on stuff. But I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, I was thinking, I think about the comedy, bo- like like perform, like doing stand up in those environments yeah. in like the late seventies or the early eighties, like right when people did come out in droves to see. I, I, I mean, they were they were they used to say like on on mo- it was packed on Mondays, like it was overflowing on Mondays, it was overflowing on Tuesdays, it was overflowing. Like I can't. I would love to see that. Just even as an audience member, to see those comedians there doing that. Like, it's not like that. I mean, it's getting better, you know? But when I first got there in 2007, 2008, nobody was there. Nobody was at the comedy store on Tuesday. It was like, there were like nine people in the audience. And that sucks. And that's where you think you'll get beat up. Right. But how did they turn it around? They got better. They got, I wouldn't say better comics, but they got comics. Comics started getting on TV again, really. You know, it's like if you look at like, I think if you look at like, there was a big thing that happened where it was like friends kind of friends made it. So actors got on sitcoms Mm -hmm. and it was okay. And I think before that, it was a lot of comics on sitcoms, of course. you know, and then when friends worked, it was, you know, one of the most successful shows of all time. So it was like they, I think comics kind of felt not obsolete, but in a way it was like, oh, well, that took the comedy out of it. You know, that took not the comedy out of it, but that took the oh, I got to go see that comedian That's away from people. I never even thought about that. Yeah. But that also that also happens to coincide with the comedy bubble bursting in like '92, right? When there it was just there was just a glut of comedy shows on television that all of a sudden people just got bored of. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm seeing the absolutely. same people doing the yeah. same sets on five different yeah, shows. absolutely. And then it just it went away. And that's why now I think it's kind of, well, now for our show on Dateable, we have four comics on it, you know? And even before that, Whitney, it was like people were a little, to see that on NBC again, right? you know, was, a little, was definitely weird for people. I mean, we were on After the Office and people who were 14 were like, what the, what is this? Right. Why are there people? Because it was much more of a traditional sitcom. Yeah, which is they're the biggest shows still, but it's like people don't, you know, Big Bang Theory. But but on NBC, where you've got people who watch The Office, you've got people who watch Parks and Recreation. Like they didn't understand what was going on. But the four camera sitcom, they're they're yes, some of those are the biggest shows, but there are not a lot of them anymore. Right, right. and it, it used to be. It used to be, you know, well, it like, used to be the way comedies were made. Right, there were no, there were no, you know. Uh, modern Family, really, right? And if they and if there was a show like that, it was like on HBO or right, something. Exactly, it wasn't yeah. on. It wasn't yeah. on network. Not, not on network for sure. But I think writing a sitcom now feels. Uh, I think it'd be a real pain in the ass to write a sitcom because you have you know five 
six decades of sitcom yeah. jokes that have been right, right, right. Like the waters have been because they are they are jokes. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess you know I guess the way that you get around that I'm assuming is like well you just got to focus on the characters and have the jokes come out of that as opposed to just right. writing jokes that anyone could say. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it is about story as well. But when you do multi-camera sitcom, the writers are trying to get as many jokes in a minute as possible. You know. Right. So. And how's Undateable going? It's going well. We just got picked up for the second season. Congratulations. A few days ago. Yeah. So. Boy, that's be... so. That's so much fun. You've been working pretty. I mean. You for the last few years you've been going from thing to thing. Yeah, to thing. I've been really fortunate, man. I did, I did this show called Glory Days on TBS for a year. That got canceled, and then the next day I got Whitney. The next day, and then I did Whitney for two years, and then when that got canceled, the next week I got Undateable. Wow! So I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm tricking people. <laughs> so I think you just have to enjoy that it's happening. Yeah, because it is. Uh, you know, do do you feel like? I'm doing it. This is the dream. This is what I wanted to do. I have do. to stop and think about that. Yeah. Whenever somebody says, what do you want to do now in your life? I, I think, I always think like, oh, I'm doing it. Right. You know, that's when I realize like, man, I'm, I'm being able to go on stage whenever I want. Cause that's what I, I love doing is going to, is doing stand up. Like mm-hmm. if I had to pick one, it would be that. But, um, yeah, I mean the TV stuff is great too, but that's like, that's that to me. That's great because that adds to stand up. People are like, "Oh, I've seen the show on Well, Let's go see him do stand up." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I always think the same thing. Yeah. It's everything that I do on television, like I just hope it gets people out to oh, yeah? stand up yeah. shows. Yeah, that's me too. That's how I feel. Because that because you you can't perform to nine people all the time and actually be able to sustain know, that right. like over a long long. Right. I mean, you have to do that when you're younger. Yeah, comic. of course, you have to learn of course. How to do that. But and every now and then, it's fun to just pop in and do something like that. Like on a show that's dead, you know. But if you want a tour, it's well, you don't want nine people coming. You don't out. want nine people coming because no, then they when you fly to Wisconsin and do a gig, <laughs> and there's nine people there, that's oh, very sad. I remember sad. those. I remember those <laughs> days. It feels like they were not that long ago. <laughs> or or the room is just totally papered. And and those rooms, those rooms full. You know, you start to get spoiled when people come out to see you on purpose, and then when you get into a room where people don't know you in L.A. or something. And yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. That you that you. You're a little thrown off because you're like, oh, they don't know me, right. so I actually I have to tap dance a little bit, and it's it's good to do that to remind yourself. Right, like, it is. I had to do that recently. I can't remember what show I was on, but I got up there and I was like, oh yeah, they don't. This is not. These are not my fans. <laughs> I can't remember where it was, but yeah, it was totally different. You know, you come off the weekend of like a, 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 a you know you're at Pittsburgh Improv or something or some theater somewhere, and then you're like, they bought tickets to see you, right? And, and this is like some of these people too, like. If you can imagine, like, you're like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for him to come. And so, like, they come and they're like, oh, he's here. And then they're happy, so happy. And then you come to L.A. and you do the comedy store. And people are like, oh, this guy? <laughs> but it's, it's so, but for real. It's so important, though. It's so good to have that because I think, uh, you know, if you get super spoiled in one it's direction. You've got to be humbled, yeah. Do you, well, yeah. And then you also have to remember that you should try. Like, if you get, if you get too comfortable... Where it's like, oh, these people to eat up anything. You don't want you you don't you don't want too much of that because right. then you stop trying and you stop writing. I think you get too comfortable, and I think that's why, you know, a lot of. I mean, I don't know. I always kind of wonder why a lot of the a lot of the bigger comics at a certain point just they kind of just lose their right. hunger for it. I guess they maybe they're just more comfortable with themselves and they don't need approval from strangers anymore, and they're comfortable because they're fucking multimillionaires. Right. I, I don't know what Huge it is. Huge movie stars or something, yeah. I, I, do, I do think that that happens with some of those guys, and, and that's fine, too, you know? Um, 
And I also think like, I don't know, man, like there's something about a young comic that's like, do you remember Bernie Mac's set on Def Comedy Jam, the first set he ever did? Did you ever see it? Probably, but I don't remember. There was, um, he does a, he does a line where, can I swear on this? Of course. Uh, He does a line where he says, uh, I'm not scared of you motherfuckers. And he keeps saying that over and over again in the set. And it's because the guy before him on the TV taping got booed off stage. Oh. And this was Bernie Mac's like first, I don't know if his first TV gig or whatever, but he had been, you know, obviously doing really well in the club circuit and all that. And then he came and it, they were like, yo, it's your turn after this guy ate shit. <laughs> and then Bernie Mac came on with this attitude where it was like, Fuck you. This is what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't give a shit if you think I'm funny or not. Yeah. But this is what I do, and I know I'm funny, and it's my turn. I think that established comedians don't necessarily have that feeling. Right. Because they don't they, – they've done it 20 years ago. They had that feeling 20 years ago. Or, but, but that feeling to me then, – then he starts you – know, Bernie Mac went on stage, and he was just like – he did his set. And, you know, the beginning of it was a little rough just because of what happened beforehand. And then he started saying – and then he got a laugh. He said, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. And that feeling to me, that's – that set, if you, if you listen to this, go back and watch it. It's just really special, and it's really funny because he has that attitude. You know what I mean? And, and that, and that and, kind of blew him up. And, to, and that blew him up. But that was something to me that older comedians, that they just kind of feel like they did it and they don't need to do that anymore. And you know what? They're kind of right. Right. You know, um, if, if, you know, look at, look, look at, look at Tim Allen. He still goes on stage. That's awesome. And he does really well. But why does he do that? He doesn't need to. Right. He certainly doesn't need to. He does it because he wants to. You well, know? yeah. Well, emotionally, and, he might need to. Well, I, mean, right, I think, right. I think I'm just saying yeah. career wise. Yeah. I mean, oh, career wise. Yeah. He definitely doesn't yeah. need to. But it is, you know, it, it's one of those things, though, where if you don't, if you don't kind of pound the pavement to a degree, yeah. then you start to lose it a little bit. Yeah. So you always and I think that's where because I always, you know, I, I would love to see someone like Eddie Murphy come back and try to do it again. Oh, but, me, but it's just, yeah. but I think he's just like, what am I going to, what is he going to do? I mean, you, he had you the, get so famous. You don't, they like there, no one's yeah. going to give you the leeway no. to suck for a while, which you would have to do. You'd have to, well, especially he hasn't done it in 30 years, you know? So it's like, or however long it was for how long? No, it was 30. Well, let's see. Um, it's 80 raw was 86, maybe. Oh, okay. Or ish. That late? Yeah. Delirious. Cause delirious. I think the first one was delirious. And I think that was 80, maybe like 82, 83, Maybe eighty fourth the most, so and I think years. Raw came back eighty six, eighty seven. I'm pretty sure. I mean, to me, those two, especially I can't remember which one, but one of those was my favorite hours. Like that, maybe it was ever. probably. I think it was probably Delirious because yeah. in Delirious, because in Raw, I think he was a little more. He was a lot cockier in right, in Raw right, because he had. He had already had by right. that point like Beverly Hills Cop and like right. like he was already fucking huge right, right. and Delirious. In Delirious, he's still trying. And right. then in Raw, I feel like it was still more like it was a little right. more of the I am holding court yeah. now. And right, it, right, it, right. Raw was where he had the blue with the the blue leather thing with the gloves. Delirious is when he was in the red leather one, and he was still. Kind of, and, but you have to remember, I mean, he was probably when he did Beverly Hills Cop, he was like twenty four. Right, like he was fucking, so young. He was nineteen yeah. when he got on SNL. Yeah. So he's when you think of Eddie Murphy as being this elder statesman of comedy, he's not that old. He's only like right. fifty. I know. Something. He's right. not. He's not right. like seventy years old. Right. But I always think about like because what you were saying is he was trying to be funny on the first one, and and like as a comedian, well, 
just even hanging out with people, if somebody's trying to be funny and you see that, you're like, that's not funny. Right. Right. So there, you have to have a little bit of, I'm not trying and I, this is just kind of me and what's going on and this is going to be funny. Well, I think it's, I think it's, but, yeah. But, but what happened with, with what I think is Bernie Mac, which to me, that was maybe my favorite set ever on the Def Jam thing is that he was still trying but he was also he had that attitude. It was like the mic, the perfect storm of trying and also not giving a fuck. I think it's I think it's that he maybe trying is a weird word because trying makes you think of like trying too hard. Well, maybe it's yeah. just that he, maybe it's just that he really cared about what he was doing. Right. He really cared sure. about he cared about yeah. the craft of it. And he cared about uh-huh. the set and he cared gotcha. he cared about what he was saying yeah. to the extent that he didn't care if anyone else gave a shit or right. not because he still he was just doing it doing it for himself right would you have ever would you would you have ever done Def Jam I would have loved to have done that yeah I would have loved to have done that um cause that you know actually it came back a, li- a few years ago did they bring it back um but I was way early on in my career I think there's I would have gotten it or done it but but now but yeah I would love to do Def Jam yeah um I I always thought that kind of that style was just that in your face is it's just funny to me. <laughs> I mean, I still the, the sets I remember are, are all from there, you know. Um, yeah, I love that. I think it's important to let an audience know that you're not afraid of them, but in a way, I mean, that was a very unique circumstance, right. and he so I feel it was sort of like he was right. kind of backed against the wall a little bit, but it's sort of. You know how do you how do you gently let an audience know like I'm not afraid of you because they don't want you to be afraid of right. them. They want to know that they can trust you because yeah. you're essentially leading them down this kind of ger- <laughs> so crazy yeah. emotional journey, yeah. and they want to relinquish the control of that because that's what they're paying for. Right, and so you can't you know. It's in any situation of someone standing at the front of the room and you can tell they're shitting their pants, then you're immediately, you're immediately going to be like, this guy can't lead us. <laughs> right, he's done. If, you're, if your pilot comes out before you take off and he's like, I don't know about this, guys, then you're like, you, I'm fucking getting yeah. off this plane. So you, you really do have to... And nobody's more hip or smarter to that than black audiences. They just know. They know if you come out and you're not... Well, they'll also let you know. Right, exactly. Like, like, like uh, a... A, a black audience will let you know if they think you can right. if you can do it or not which by the way is amazing yeah because it's definitely amazing uh, 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 uh other uh, if, if it's more mixed or if it's more of a of a white audience white audiences are more like we we shouldn't talk unless someone's really drunk yeah 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 of and course. they just you know you know it's not going well with just abject silence but it's right. not people like get the fuck off yeah, the stage yeah. right right, right like right. really where it's like a steeplechase you know which I mean, I mean, what a great! It's kind of like that in England too, and some yeah, of the, it is. some of it the is. clubs too, and uh, and you know, it just I, I'm always really interested to in the sort of nature nurture argument of of like how a comic develops and 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 it is very environmental, I think. Yeah. Um, because if you're in, if you're if you if you kind of have to wrestle with the audience a little bit, that's going to inform how you write jokes. Sure. So how yeah, did, definitely. How, how did how did it how did that affect how did the environment affect you? Do you think how did what environment being yours? Like the comedy um, store environment. I mean, I would get really late spot when I first started. Um, I would get really late late spots at the comedy store for about maybe a year. I would get like um, midnight spots, which would 
be, you know, when it came up, you know, it was running behind. So it'd be like 11 or it'd be like 1245 or one before I got on stage. And I would have this material and I would be like, these are the jokes I'm going to do. And it would just never work because there would be like 12 people there and it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. Yeah. And I had to learn that quickly. And I would just then stop thinking about what I was going to do and just be like, look, I am going to be a comedian, which means I think I'm funny. So fuck it. I'm just going to go up with ideas and I'm just going to be funny. I'm not going to try and do material. And that was when I really started to, um, I feel like for me, like thrive and learn um, my style and stuff, you know, um, but that really helped. And then when I would start to get earlier spots, which they were much more packed, but I just, I'd be like, you know, seeing 300 people out there is definitely more daunting than seeing 11 people out there, but it's just as scary. You know what I mean? Like you're like, still the whole room isn't going to like me if this doesn't go well. I'm almost more intimidated by 11 yeah, people. Because, in a way it is that way. Because you're, you're, because number one, it's more difficult for them to come together as a group, which mm-hmm. you kind of need mm-hmm. for a comedy show. But also you, when you can really be accountable to individuals in a room. Yeah. When you can hear somebody, <laughs> when you can hear somebody's disapproval and you can see them because there's only 11 of them right. in the room, but yeah. you know, you can, in a room of 300, if you can kind of ignite one part of the room, like it'll, yes. like you can, you can sort of get a little. It's lucky. less intimate too. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're in a, a crowd of three hundred people and you're doing all right, and half the people don't like you, then you feel, all right, I kind of got out of it. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, but if you're if you have sex with somebody and it's bad, it's very awkward because it's very intimate and there's one person there. If you have sex with 300 people <laughs> yeah. versus 11, yeah. no, but I but if you can if you can bring 11 people together, if you can if you can conquer that like 11 people, I almost feel like it's a it's a bigger feat because it's it's so much harder. It is harder. To, it's a to, different thing. It's completely especially different. Especially if they're so, if they're spread out. Like you go into a room with 11 people and you kind of got to go like sit together. Right. Trust me, right. just sit together. It'll right. be better for you, for all of us if you sit together. But what's the biggest crowd you played? Um <laughs> it was probably oh gosh, I don't know, two, two maybe like two or three thousand, but I'm about to do this oddball oddball tour with me. I'm gonna do the oddball tour with you. Yeah. And th- I those did it last will, year. Those were the biggest these will be right. the biggest rooms that I've rooms uh out, <laughs> outdoor venues walls, yeah. that I've ever it's played. They're on lawns, but I did I did it last year. How was it? Some of them are twenty thousand people. <laughs> and you're out there. And first of all, the first time I did it, I went out there. I think it was in Irvine was the first one I did, the Irvine one. And um, it was, I think, 16,000 people. And you – I got off stage. Uh, literally, you're like, I okay, I don't know what 16,000 people laughing really hard sounds like. Right. I also don't know what 16,000 people kind of laughing sounds like. Right. So you're like, I, th- I guess I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have a clue. I, right. I, I think this is going well because I hear people laughing. But you know what? It's, it's, it's actually like doing it alone in your bedroom. It's like doing it in your house and nobody's there. That's how I guessed it would be because yep. it's so isolated because it's so weird. I think it'd be funny still to be able to pick out one guy way in the back of the lawn and like, that guy's not having fun. <laughs> like you still, you still find the one, you still but find a guy. To you, on, on you saying that, when I got off stage, somebody was like, somebody said how to go you know and i was like i don't 
I think it went well. And, and then he said, did you not see, um, like, they kicked out, like, six groups of people while you were on stage because they were, like, being really rowdy and annoying. And I, I, I had no idea. I had no. no idea. Like, you don't even know what's happening. You, it's so many people. It is. It is I mean, I, I'm excited about it, but I think as a performer, it really, it's, it, like, a, I think 2,000 people is, like, if you still want the sh- if you still want everyone to feel unified, because oh yeah, with that many people, nah, it's not. And believe yeah. me, I am excited to do it because it's just for the for the experience. It'll be fun, and I and I and it is fun, yeah. And I love you know like I love the group of comics that of are going to be yeah. at most of the shows. How many of them are you doing? I think six or seven. Oh, okay, um, and so uh, but but in a group that size, the group dynamics are going to be that. You know, the loge might be into it, but right. the front, you right. know, like and then those people over there, right. like it's almost. I mean, they have people literally walking down the aisles. You guys want ice cream sandwiches? <laughs> like, it's like... And, and people probably barbecuing on yeah, the lawn. Yeah. And, and, and that doesn't bother you when you're out there on yeah. stage. And then, you know, like a group of people just fingering each other yeah. up in the top. A family because, building a house. Yeah. It's, there's, so many different, there's so many different little pockets of yeah. humans that can exist. Yeah. And I guess, you know, when you're in a, when you're in a club... You can play to like the left half of the room or the right half of the room, but this is like, no. how do I lob over this section yeah. to get to that one? It's almost like skee ball. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're yeah. just like, just aiming. Yeah. It's, it's quite the experience, but yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to see. I, I'm really curious to see how other comics process it and deal with it yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I mean, I, I miss, uh, I, I kind of miss going on the road a little bit because I haven't been able to much because yeah. of work. But you know, but you do you feel like? Well, how often did you stand up? Because I saw you the other night at the Improv. Which one? The one we were on the same show together at the Improv uh, the oh, other night, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple yeah. Weeks ago. I had a bad show too. I was I was off. But it, what? But, but what? Um, how often do you do stand up? Like true stand up, where you're just doing stand up and not probably. Like, I mean, you're doing kind, you're kind of doing stand up on the probably show. twenty weeks, twenty weeks out of the year. Oh, okay. You know, and and I, and I hit all. That's of, a lot, though. I hit all I mean, of the places yeah. that you would think. Like, oh, so you still stay sharp then? Well, I try to, but you know, my problem that I had just come off of. Um, I was just somewhere. Oh, I was just in. I was in Port. I did. I did Salt Lake and then Portland, and then a couple weeks later, I did that show at the Improv. And um, uh, what I keep what I keep saying, I've said this a million times on the podcast, but the, the hour that I've developed now is all. I developed it kind of as an hour. Oh. And so I'm having trouble lifting Breaking out a 15-minute yeah. segment because right. it all like, makes sense a whole together. chunk about my dad dying. And it's like, how do I get into that in 15 minutes? Yeah, like, absolutely. It, it needs to. Sure. And so I, I went on stage at the Improv, and I felt unsure about how I was going to get into some right. of that stuff. And so I was, I just, it just felt weird, yeah. and I, couldn't, hmm. I just couldn't get it on its feet yeah. in 15 minutes. So I'm actually I'm a little nervous about some of these shows just figuring out like what – what the chunks are going to be and how to like how to dice them yeah. up. Yeah, that's tricky sometimes. You know, if I, well, that's why because well, I was just in Montreal at the Just for Last Festival, and they want like all those. Set, I mean, I did my show that was an hour, but all of the shows that weren't my show that they just throw you on, they're like eight minute sets, and it's like it's hard to remember how to do those. I, I don't. I, I I think I I think I didn't do it good. I don't think I. <laughs> I think I failed. Not even bombing. I just think I failed as like a. I don't think I constructed the sets right. Like it was right. just like. Uh, yeah, it just it didn't. I was like eight minutes. I well, don't because know. when you when you first start out, you're basically building your your do all you do are five to ten minute right. sets, and you build all of your all of your sets are built around a handful of jokes. Right. 
And then when you start doing hours, then your then your set is built around a handful of chunks right. or long yeah. longer, at least for me, longer things. Yeah. And so how do you how do you go back? Right. And you know, it's like I, I almost kind of feel like I need to write a handful of eight to ten minute <laughs> just, sets yeah. that are just for yeah. that. Yeah. Have you are you, are you have you doing another hour? Anytime I am. Soon? I'm shooting it in December, I think. And uh, but yeah, my first hour came out last December, and it was just kind of I tried to you know thematically make it a theme, but it was still jokes. You know, it was like this was about this 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 was about that this was about that this was about that, and the through line was just like I don't even remember what it was. But like when I now it's more about what you're saying. Like there there it's about it's about something where like I'm talking about, you know, um, do I want to have kids or this and that? And then it's, it's like, that, that's not just something you can talk about in two minutes and that's too, <laughs> ch- you know what I mean? So right. it's like, so it's like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's trickier, but I'm doing that in, in December. I think I'm still picking, I'm still wondering, just picking and choosing what material I'm going to use, but yeah. How many weeks a year do you go on the road? Man, now with this oddball tour and then I have this other tour coming up. After the Abba tour, I have my tour, which is called Under No Influence, and it's going to be uh, every weekend. I'm going to go do something. Oh man, that's 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 for 30, 30 cities. That's that sounds amazing, and also kind. I mean, do you do you get do you get kind of sad on the road, or well, are you good with it? I I would. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: I'm doing all like every theater is one night, you know. So it's like oh, I'm not okay. in one spot for. Five days, so you won't, you won't, you you can't just sit and ruminate, right? And that stew in a is hotel room, a killer. <laughs> and also, I bring an opener. So if I if it's just me, and man, I mean, I was just in Pittsburgh for four, you know three three nights, and I bet I brought an opener, and you know if I didn't bring him, and it was just me, and it's lonely because like there, I mean, I don't know, it sounds kind of geeky, but it's like you're just you're just there's like hundreds of people happy to see you but you're and it's almost like a movie you're like they don't really know me (laughs) (laughs) well you don't because you're because most of the day you're just alone with your thoughts yeah and you're just keeping yourself company and then and then you know you're you perform and you get at everything you have yeah and then 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 the the crowds leave Yeah. yeah and you're like oh i guess i'll go who's gonna entertain me Go back to the Hampton. Inn. Someone entertain me. Go back to the Hampton and <laughs> soft beds at the Hampton Inn. They are. They're great. I'm telling you, they are really great. If you're ever in a pinch somewhere, there <laughs> are Hampton Inns. I everywhere. totally agree with you. Yeah, it's Hampton Inns, and then number two, if you can't can't find a Hampton Inn, Holiday Inn Express has good pillows oh, yeah. and nice beds. <laughs> uh, and then you know, then there's kind of a steep drop off after that. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you get into, if you get into like the uh, like anything that says motel. That's, you're, that's yeah, where you're on lonely. Like, you're super lonely. Stiff sheets and really small pillows and toilets that aren't bolted to the ground, uh, right. <laughs> and uh, that that can be kind of a bummer. But it is, it is. Uh, I, I do. I, I love it. But at the same time, I mean, it's nice if you're in a bigger city. Of course, like, there's yeah. Shit that, shit Pittsburgh is do. great. You know, it's a play. It's a place. But it's like some. I don't know. Well, I played Northfield, Ohio, which is near Cleveland, and they kept on being like, "Yeah, you're going to Cleveland. You're going to Cleveland." I was like, oh, "Cool, I've been to Cleveland before," and it was not Cleveland. It was, <laughs> and uh, it was in a casino. Oh, and so that's actually, so the best environment, <laughs> the best environment, and the best environment for comedy. I mean, seriously, not only the best for comedy, but I find that just people are really open. Oh yeah, and you know, and, they lose money and they want to just yeah. come and laugh yeah. about it. And they're your demo too. They're not like. 70 year old no 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 it's all. like the hippest people go to casinos <laughs> in the middle so, of ohio 
So yeah, that was um, that was uh, I don't know. It feels weird complaining about this stuff because no. it's great, but well, it's, it's not. It's not. I mean, listen. I think overall, if it wasn't amazing, we wouldn't do it. Of course, that yeah. doesn't mean that things don't have right. some little things about them. But I'm just. I'm always curious to know what other people's experiences are because it, it is. It really is just spending all that time alone. I mean, it can. It, it is a weirdly isolating kind of a life and sort of a nomadic life, and yeah. and, and it's not hard to see why. So many comics, like, you know, at one point or another, just drink a shit ton or do fuck tons of drugs or just something to, like, distract just to come off of the... Well, when you come off stage, especially after two shows, even though you're tired, you know, you're like, it's 11 p.m. and you're like, okay, well, now what? And you're just buzzing. (laughs) You're like... uh, And there's literally... The the audience leaves. Maybe you take pictures. Maybe you don't. Maybe you you know you sign some stuff or whatever. But then they leave with their significant others. Yep. And <laughs> you see how happy they had. They had a great night. And then you're like, and then the manager of the improv or wherever you are is like, you need a ride back or are you gonna get one? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't want to go back to the hotel. Like, yeah. Ride back where? The fucking Hampton Inn. Well, you know, they've got a little lobby area with chairs, and they got CNN on the TV and a couple <laughs> microwaves. I mean, you know, like, get an apple pie and, you know, yeah. go to the Applebee's across the parking lot. You can just catch it just before our last call. No, you, yeah, but you guess what? You can't. You can't. You always miss it. And you don't have a car. And you don't have a car. And I'll tell you one thing. In Northfield, Ohio, there's no fucking sidewalks either. There's no sidewalks. There's only freeways and no sidewalks, and you have to run. You have to run. Well, I, that's why I rent cars in every city. Yeah, but I don't. I always like, rent a car. I always you have to. Car. But now and now, now we should cue the loadout by Jackson Brown. <laughs> Just hear the. I guess you have to rent a car, but then it's like this is, this is another thing to do that you got to do. Is. You got to return it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I feel bad. I don't want people to think that I'm complaining about the life that I've chosen. I love doing. No, it, but, but it's fun to complain. But it, it's also, well, it's also fun, <laughs> especially together. It's also fun to bond with other people. Like, oh yeah, yeah you feel that way too. Yeah, like yeah. where you are, it is. You know, like once you're in the green room and everyone's left, and you hear the vacuum cleaners go on and all the chairs being put on the tables. <laughs> so great. And then you say to the staff, like, "Are you guys going anywhere?" And they're like, "Well, I mean, I don't know. We might just drink here for a bit, and then you try to fit in with them, but you don't. You know, you feel you don't know anyone. Yeah, it's a strange. It is a strange existence. It's There's such a strange. There existence. are certain things too that make me feel especially lonely, and I don't know why. But like, there's there's one thing that people do. And if they recognize you or something on the road, you know, a lot of times when you're in a town, like they, they're like, you know, if you're in Pittsburgh, like it's not like in Hollywood, you see 70 famous people in a room, you know, right. but like if they see you and they notice you from something and this makes me feel lonely when someone comes up to you and says, Hey, 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 I got to get a picture with you. <laughs> Cause you're like, Oh man, it's like, it's like you're a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're not... I'm, I'm not saying when somebody comes up and says, oh, do you mind if I get a picture? Oh, right, right, right. I'm not saying that. Oh, it's it's when it, when it's very much like, hey, you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you. No, it's it's beautiful when somebody's like, oh my gosh, can I please get a picture with you? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But when somebody's like, yo, 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 we got to get a picture. It's the same as That like, makes me feel just... I got to I got to take a picture with this uh, exactly. world's largest hubcap. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. This yeah. is the the thermometer, the large thermometer. You get over here. Yeah, that oh. makes me feel like sad. Dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, what are you doing here alone? <laughs> I don't know. 
This is the life I chose. I'm living my dreams, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. The, yeah. It's weird, the stuff that makes you... Like, I would have never thought that that would have been a thing that made me feel like... Well, some people... So they're, 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 and, and, and thankfully... I don't know the people that the people that approach me. I find like ninety eight percent of the time are super sweet and very and lovely and and you know. But there is every once in a while. It's usually like a drunk guy, and and yeah. it's always like his friend told him that you were on TV. He's not really sure who you are, but he just he, feels like that, he needs to get a picture of you. I was going to say, yeah, that was another thing. <laughs> I don't I was know who say. you are, but that uh, <laughs> I, you're saying that eighty percent of people are sweet. I would say I would venture to say seventy percent of people that come up. Say something backhanded. <laughs> I don't even know who you are, but these guys say you're hilarious, so... Make me laugh. I don't... Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, That's really funny. Or, or when somebody's like... Oh, this is also this is also one that's just funny. This doesn't make me sad, but when they're like, dude, I love your stuff. And you're like, oh, cool, thank you. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like, really? And you're like, yeah, great. Thank you very much. No, 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 because like, I don't like stuff. <laughs> you're like okay man you're just i don't know you know i i'm just gonna trust you the first time you say it like that's <laughs> or there's an extension of that guy who's like man i love your stuff i don't know what was up with that crowd oh, but that's i was the best i was totally into it and I, you thought you yeah, had a good that's show the best. That's and the you're best. Like, but i thought it went well it's all the time <laughs> they don't the get time. it man the, the people i were next to like they were like all uptight and you know they didn't laugh once and i was what like what are you talking about i thought people? it was good so funny and you're, you feel <laughs> shitty after that well they're trying you know what it is is the guy's like he's, he wants you to know he's on your side yes so which is sweet it's very sweet and, and then it, it is charming but you, you <laughs> but you have to remember i'm insecure yeah so when you say that i hear oh i wasn't good yeah i'm insecure person. that's why i stand in front of people and try to get attention okay <laughs> that's why i try to get attention from strangers because i'm obviously trying to validate something okay <laughs> if i had natural validation skills i would be at home feeling fucking validated yeah. sitting at home absolutely not <laughs> having to run around like a chimp like, you know, bouncing around on stage. Yeah. But it is, uh, I feel like I am at the point where I, it is, it is like I genuinely enjoy it and I enjoy the process of it. And I feel like, do you notice now how, um, it used to be so scary to think of being on stage for an hour. And now when you do yeah. an hour, you're like, oh, yeah. that was an hour. Like you don't even, it's just like, it's an hour before you know it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think just recently, uh, I've been doing stand for eight and a half years and just recently, it's this past year. I, I would, and I still do this when they say a lot of times, you know, if, if you don't know about stand up, you're listening to this, like they'll say like, when do you want your light? And that means the sound guy will light you. And whenever you want your light, if you want it 10 minutes, you, you get 10 minutes left. He'll light you. And it means 10 minutes left. Right. I, if you're doing an hour, that means, yeah, give me the light at 50 minutes. Yeah. Right. I, that's pretty n normal or, or, you know, give me a five minute light or give me a yeah. 10 minute light, whatever. I always say, give me the light at 35 minutes. And oh, I, I asked for 40. You do? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because it, cause it, it lets me know that I'm just past, Over the hump. I'm over That's the hump. That's what I do. Yeah. That's so funny. Dude. And it just kind of gives me an idea of like... I can relax a little bit. I can bit. relax totally. a little bit and sort of, you know, it'll, it, it lets me know how much time I can fuck around before I get to the last couple Absolutely. of jokes. That's exactly what I do. Wow. Yeah. I didn't... Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that. I, get, I get lit at 40. Yep. I'm like, just give me light at 40 yep. and then we'll just see how it goes from there. Just knowing that, you know... Because if you're doing... You know, if you're in a club... Anywhere from fifty to an hour five is like right. It's great, it's yeah. Right where they want, and you, you could pro. Well, you could get away with doing forty-five minutes if if you're just like, oh my god, this is terrible. Yeah. I hate this audience. I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. So if you're at thirty-five and I get the light, and I'm like, okay, I could 
if it's terrible, if yeah. it is, you only have you to know, get up there ten more minutes. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> but it, that's so funny that that's how that's how we th- that's why I think though I'm like if this is going to be bad, you better just give me a light at thirty five minutes. Well, because a lot of comics like a five minute light or some of them even like like a two minute. Like if you're yeah. doing a short set, it's like, like give me yeah, a minute, yeah, of course, give me of course, a minute yeah. when I'm done a minute. But uh, yeah, but I, but I, I do uh, I I kind of it just gives me a sense of where I'm at and and I really I really like that. But these who the fuck's going to light us in, in, in with twenty thousand people just like. I think I see a yeah. light in the back of the. It's that's funny. Yeah, no, it's just it's you know it's right at the stage, but but and they're they'll just like flash it, and then you yeah. But it's I think we're doing or I'm doing like 15 minutes. I'm doing sets. 15 yeah, as okay. well. Yeah. yeah. How long's Louis doing? Do you have any idea? I think 30. He's doing 30. Yeah. Wow. But when I was when I did it with Chappelle, it, we would all do like there would be like four or five guys that did about 15 minutes, and then Flight to the Concourse would go up and do an hour. Yep. And then Chappelle would go up and do an hour. It was like a four-hour show. I'm was surprised Chappelle only did an hour. Yeah, I know, but it was a four-hour show. But it's like a festival at that and, point. And it was like, and you know what? The crowds are great, dude. They, they're like comedy fans. It's crazy. I didn't even know there, there, were, there, there were that many in cities. Right. But they were, they're, like, they're like people that like some of them love a different, you know, some of them love Chappelle, some of them love Flight of Concord, some of them come because they love Hannibal Burris or whatever it is, you know, it's like... Well, you also have, with Chappelle and the Concords, you have two entities that essentially dropped off the map for a while right, that right, people love. Right. It's like, oh, we get to see, right, right. wow, the Concords came back and right. Chappelle's doing right. big venues again. You right. know, you would always have to, maybe luck, you'd have to go to the punchline in San Francisco and just be lucky that Chappelle would yeah. happen to be there and one night just decide to do right. three hours. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, and Chappelle's one of the greats, man. And, and, and so I, I sat and I guy. watched, I sat and I watched him uh, in Phoenix when we did that huge amphitheater and it was awesome, man. It was good. I, I never watched him for an hour live, you know, and I just, it was great. It's really funny. I saw him do three hours once in San Francisco and, I never thought I could watch someone do comedy for three hours, but there's something about him that's so engaging really? yeah. that you, you, I don't know. I, I, I just got sucked could you, in. Could you, could you personally ever imagine doing three hours on stage? I couldn't imagine doing that for me. No, I don't want to yeah. hear myself talk that much. I, I just, after an hour, I'm like, okay, I, We're good. I'm done. Yeah. yeah, this is good. Yeah, But that's a different, I mean, it, yeah. Well, and also, not only would I have to do Every decent joke I've ever written. Oh, I, I don't even have. I couldn't even do three hours. Period. But yeah. <laughs> but I'd have. It would just be a lot of crowd work. Yeah. <laughs> like an hour material yeah. and like two hours. Of, I don't know. Maybe if you, maybe if you have that much material, I mean, it's got to be easier. But I mean, obviously, if someone said, you know, if there was some sort of a weird cinematic terrorist who was like, do three hours or I blow this place right, up, yeah. you could do it. Yeah. But uh, but I, it's certainly not something but, that I, I don't I don't need to I don't need to marathon right. and perform. But guys like that, uh, like guys who are that good, guys who I can you know, like, you know, to me, Bill Burr, Louis C. K., um, you know, Chappelle, like it's not even about material really. Like they just go up and they talk about what they think about and it's funny. Yeah, because that's they're, amazing, they're, you know, their machines are so yeah. Are so well formed. Yeah. I, I, like, I always get so jealous. Whenever I see it, I'm like, oh man, I gotta work hard. It's like, there's no way. I wanna quit. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. the, the, guys, the guys like that, like the comics, comic right. guys right. who have done, you know, who have performed so much for like 20, 25 years yeah. that they, you know, they could just start talking about a set of keys. Right. 
and it's gonna come out like comedy because right. they are so. I mean, it's like they're like fucking Bruce Lee. Like every every motion has yeah. been done a million it's times. Crazy, and they right? just know how to. It's amazing. It is really. It's it's fun to watch, and it's fun to watch someone who's that good at anything. Right. Let alone comedy. Right. Right. And I love Burr. God damn it, I fucking love that he's guy. He's my favorite right now. He is so. The thing that I love about Bill is that he will. He will almost force an audience to laugh against their will. Well, he'll start out with something like, people should get murdered. Right. And you're like, well, no, they shouldn't. No, they should And then by the end of it. <laughs> and by the end of it, you're like, well, yeah, they, some of you kind of right. You know? <laughs> but really, everything he says is like, you know, like, religion is terrible or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, what, what was the thing... Uh, Tiger with the one, the one where I thought it's like he's like Tiger Woods cheated. Of course he, he deserved to cheat or whatever the hell. And everybody was like, oh, what the fuck is he talking about? You yeah. Know? And women, of course, now immediately hate him. Right. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but he kills and then somehow he manages yeah. to. It's, it's like he drops, he drops the thesis statement, and you go, well, this experiment's not going to work. Right. It's not possible. No. Like what what you've set up. Is de- is there's no these elements cannot work together, yeah. and then he starts parsing it out and breaking it down, and then he starts to win the audience over. And by the end of it, there it's like fuck, he's made a lot of really yeah. good comedy points about something that yeah. you didn't that you right. may not even actually believe, but right. it's so fucking fu- yeah. his attack is so funny that you 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 laugh, you know. Yeah. But uh, I'm just I'm excited to I'm excited to be on that tour as a fan of. The other it just yeah, it. it just feels good to be a part of it, really. Yeah, for me, but yeah. What else do you do? You want to? What are you? Are you promoting on Dateable? What well, wanna, my tour, I think, really after Oddball, I'm doing like six dates on Oddball, and then after that, I'm going on a tour that's 31, 31 cities, um, and it's called Under No Influence. It's my tour, and uh, I'm you know I'm probably coming near you, whoever's listening to this. So go to my website, crystalia.com. Yeah, thir- thirty one cities is yeah, there's a good chance that you're going to land somewhere near. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just ha- like they, they were like hey yeah we, my agents were like we think you could do a theater tour and I was like if look I don't want to do it and have it be half full you know like, right. so it's like and they were like no we think you can do it with the numbers that you're doing in the club so I was like okay set it up and they were like yeah well here it is and I was like okay thirty one cities that's awesome and then I started talking to comics and they're like well that's a lot dude and I'm like oh no <laughs> <laughs> did I do too much no no, no. oh my god well especially if you're gonna do if you're gonna tape a special in December I, uh, and you're yeah. gonna have basically yeah. thirty seven right. shows mixed in with whatever drop-in right. sets you do anywhere else i right. mean that is that i mean that's what you need to do to right. get ready for that special and then after i do after i did like after i taped my last hour i was like i don't want to talk about any of this anymore ever <laughs> people say sometimes like you know because like your people will catch up to your old bits and they'll be like hey dude are you gonna do this bit You'd be like i just no <laughs> youtube it like i i no i don't even remember it i don't i i, I feel I feel bad doing it after it airs. Yeah, because... For me. Yeah, well, and also, when a little bit of time passes, when you hear it again, you're just like, ugh, no, I got new stuff to to work through. Yeah. And uh, well, I, I honestly, I wish you the best with the tour. I'm, 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 I'm actually kind of jealous just knowing that you know that by the time you, I mean, not I'm, I'm jealous in a good way, but I mean by the time no, you tape your special, yeah. you're gonna be so fucking sharp with yeah. that hour that yeah. it's like the special is just gonna feel like effortless. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to to tape it. Last special I did was uh, I didn't do dates before, 
And I was like, oh, who cares? I'll just do it. It'd be fun. It'd be crazy. Like, it'll be hard. Like, we'll see. And I got through it because I would do, and I realized I did, I just got through it because I was doing a bunch of spots in LA at 20 minutes at a time and I would just do the section. So I was like, you know, people were like, you're not doing the road? And I was like, nah, I'll be able to do it. Fuck it. But now I really feel like what you're saying, what you said, like there's big chunks and you need to like figure out where, you know, I think that that's important. Especially if you're in a club, you're more likely to veer off course. But if you're in a theater, it's much more presentational. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because in a club, you know, like when you, you can't help things it. Things happen. You, things happen. You, right. you, you interact with people more. But when you're in a club, it's a very presentational version of your set because you can't really talk to people as much. A theater. In, in a, a theater. theater. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, in a theater, you can't really talk to people as much because yeah. it's so big that they can't – it's not as intimate in that way. Right. And so you will really like – you'll have that hour hammered. I mean like – 31 cities is fucking amazing. Are you going to be going back and forth and take, you must be doing undateable and then going back I'm and forth. Do, as it stands now and nothing's set in stone, but I have a feeling we're going to start shooting in January. So I'll be able to do the tour, do my special oh, and then start shooting undateable with uh, uh, no break in between. Right. Of course not. <laughs> Christmas. No, no Christmas. And, <laughs> no, Christmas. Uh, no, but I'll be, uh, but, but may, there's a chance we could start shooting early. I have to move some of the dates around, but, but I think it's pretty, pretty set. And you get to hug Ron Funches almost every day All that you're at work. Mm-hmm. He's so huggable. He really is so huggable. He's so sweet. It's very weird. It it's uh, he's so funny and so sweet. I mean, one of the, I mean, I, I feel like I feel well, he like kills it on your show. Fucking crushes. Yeah. I mean, like I feel like I learned funny things through the course of my life. But Ron's just one of those guys. That's like he's just funny. Like, well, he just everything. That comes there's out of people who have the performance aspect of it, and then there's people who are joke writers, and then there's people who are good at excel at one thing. But he's just like. It's kind of unfair. He's just like <laughs> he's funny about himself and he writes really well. Yeah. You know, and you're like, wow. That's awesome. And you just want to root for him because he's so sweet. You know what I mean? It's like, well, uh, well or we, I feel like we have to kill him and absorb his essence. Which is which is definitely something we should talk about after this podcast. Oh shit. Yeah, you're right. Okay, we better wrap it up then. Um, uh Crystalia on Twitter. You just Crystalia yeah, on Twitter. Okay, at Crystalia. Uh yes. all right. Enjoy your burrito everyone. Thanks guys. Thank you. What the fuck was that, man? <laughs> After a whole hour. <laughs> I thought it went I thought it went well. Hey man, I don't know what was up with this section of the room, but I thought you did a good job. <laughs> like, these guys over here, I don't know. What... <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.